Welcome to Teal Interiors, a holistic approach to interior design. I'm Dee. And I'm Alicia. Welcome to Tea Over Interiors. This week, we will be discussing the rules of good taste. But before we get to that, Alicia, what you sipping on, girl? We are sipping on the same wonderful tea you sent me. It's the candy apple with a touch of cinnamon, and it's got uh, green apple. Uh, notes and the black tea. It's really delicious. Yes, very yummy. You know, it's October, so it's apple picking, pumpkin picking season. Oh, say that three times fast. Apple picking, pumpkin picking. Apple picking, pumpkin picking. I can't do it. I'm terrible <laughs> with tongue blisters. So it's that time of year. Even though today was so beautiful, thank you, God. It was such a beautiful day today. Still is. Let's move on to D's randomness. Alicia. Yeah. By the time we release this recording, it will be National Inner Beauty Day. Have you ever heard of it? I haven't. That sounds wonderful. Yes. Well, every year, October 7th is National Inner Beauty Day. This day was declared to help people appreciate themselves and their inner beauty it encourages people to look beyond outward appearances and respect and admire the people that they are love yourself and appreciate the beauty that lies within you as well as within your home right absolutely your home is a reflection of you so go out there and love on yourself today let your light shine Exactly. Your light shining does not dim other lights, right? True. Because the sun shines on everybody equally. On to today's topic. Today, we are talking about the rules of good taste. Are there rules of good taste? Sounds like a good topic for us to talk about and put a wellness spin on it. Yeah. That's what we do. We talk about your home as your place of refuge, right? Mm -hmm. Alicia, what are your thoughts on the rules of good taste? I thought about that when you first raised the topic. I must say, if we're going to stay focused on inner beauty and wellness, I want to preface all of the conversation by saying that it doesn't really matter what other people think. It's really not that important. Of course, you know this, what someone else likes when we're talking about making your home a beautiful space. People come to us for advice on what is appropriate. And appropriateness for me has everything to do with the space architecturally, spatially, you know, how how you flow through the space. It has a lot to do with how you use the space, what the purpose is of that space, as in, you know, form follows function. So I want to really drill down on the importance of creating or having spaces that function for your life, because that's what's going to nurture you. That's what's going to make you feel good at home. But since we're talking about rules, in the world of 
rules in the world of design, I believe that it has a lot to do with appropriateness. You want to choose and have an aesthetic that resonates and complements and is in alignment with the physical space and what feels appropriate for that space. We, last week, or I don't know if it was two weeks ago, we talked about how scale has a huge impact on um, how a space feels if you, you know, choose the right size furniture. I think that is what comes back to the appropriate conversation, making sure that you're choosing things in the, in the space that feel appropriate. And that has a lot to do with, with good taste. Good taste also is not just appropriateness. It's also something that is not offensive. Once again, this is subjective. So what is offensive to you may not be offensive to me, but if you walk into a room and, or you walk into your home or any space for that matter, it could be a restaurant. And some people thrive off of the shock factor. I personally don't think it's in good taste to have things that are, I'm going to use the word garish or offensive, you know, something that's over the top or overdone. Some people love the wow factor. If it's over the top, the happier they are. So there you have it. Go, go, go for it, you know. But it's that shock factor, I think, that makes things feel tasteless, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, I, and when, when I say offensive, I'm talking about things that don't feel appropriate. This is up for debate. I have a client years ago, a male client, who wanted his master bedroom suite to feel I didn't do this for him he made this choice without me and you know that's fine it's his bedroom but there was a huge picture I think it was a photograph it may have been of a nude man it wasn't like you know a nude that when you go to art school you sketch nudes just to kind of learn the form of the human body no, it was like full frontal. It was like, this is a nude man above my bed. So, you know, it was that, that was a little uh, shocking when I walked into the room. But then again, that room wasn't meant for me. The room was meant for he and his partner, and that was appropriate to them. So you see what I mean about somebody could argue that that was not in good taste, right? Would you, would you, what would you say about something like that? So... Hmm. Crickets, right? <laughs> no, when it comes to me, if you're asking when it comes to like, how do I feel about these these uh, notions about what are the rules of good taste and you know good taste and things like that? I feel like when you say things like the rules of good taste or that's in good taste, I feel like it kind of is a way to make people feel like they're being forced to conform to ideals of what society has deemed is beautiful and or. Well, that's just the thing. That's just the thing, Dee. Like, you're right. It's about social constructs. But there are so many different constructs within our society. He felt like that was cool in his circle amongst it's society. It may be offensive to me. It may be offensive to you, but it's not offensive to a whole host of other people. Yeah. I mean, if that's what he wanted in his home as a designer, I 
Well, as a designer, I'm always going to attract the people that are most aligned with me, right? Because I have a totally new energy that I carry with myself. And so I don't have to worry about encountering people that are going to want to make decisions that would totally offend me because I feel like I don't want to hang a photo or a huge portrait of a nude man in any design that I do because how do I photograph that and be like look mommy look what I did you know I mean now that's another thing you're now what you're talking about are values and you're talking about what you can stand behind and feel good about no matter who sees it. Mommy, uncle, auntie, daughter, son, client. That's what, but that's what we, as designers, we edit a lot of our work into what we feel society would feel is good taste. So we've done lots of interior design projects that we would hardly ever in our past show anybody just because we did not like some of the choices that our clients made and we felt like presenting it to the world would not show our idea of what good taste is but it is such a subjective thing and it also varies within certain circles right so like in high society good taste may be one thing And then in the middle class, working people, aesthetic, it's something what they might have seen on Instagram that they're trying to emulate. You have all these different structures in different hierarchies within society that defines all these different things. You know, like I'm thinking of the Met Gala, right? When I think of like, oh, people who think they have such good taste right I'm not trying to offend the people at the Met Gala but I'm just saying like you know that's where everybody comes out and they try to outdo each other and try to come up with what they feel is either shocking sometimes or what they feel is very beautiful there's all these different rules I guess or all these different ideas I find that if you want to figure out what good taste is for you, then there are a few rules that you can go by to derive how you want your home to feel and look. So as designers, we're always going to start with the elements and principles of design, right? As far as the elements of art are concerned, we're going to look for line, form, color, texture, pattern, light, space. And as far as the design principles, we're going to look for proportion, right? We talked about last week, we talked about scale. We're going to look for balance. A lot of times it's symmetry. We're going to look for harmony. How does it all work together? We're going to look for rhythm, how, how it flows, how it brings the eye, you know, how, how does the eye move within the space? Is there something interesting that you're looking at? And we're going to look for emphasis, right? Where we said focal points. We talked about that. And our objectives are to create beauty that we find is beautiful, to be expressive, right? To express what our client is wanting to express. Like your client, he wanted this photo of this man because he thought that it would add whatever element that he was looking for to express himself and what he deemed to be beautiful within his home. That's right. And then we're going to 
also have our objective of functionalism. How is this home or this space, whatever, how is it going to be functional for our client? Those are the things that you can utilize in order to create a space that you feel is within your guidelines of good taste. And then you would go and make your selections and arrangements that are beautiful, economical for you, and that gives you the ability to judge and determine the quality of your items. We always talk about quality. We always talk about what the end goal is. So, you know, buying quality pieces, I feel, are very important. And to me, that's in good taste. Not just buying a bunch of different things and then throwing them together with no rhyme or reason. So I feel like as long as you have a goal and you follow some sort of structure like I just went over, then I feel like that will help you when determining the rules of quote unquote good taste for your home. You're spot on with all that. I, I do know though that the, the the phrase good taste denotes, highlights, and emphasizes a refinement. Yes. Discrimination, perception of quality, as you said earlier, or polish or an acumen or acuteness, something that's well cultivated or curated. It's all about this aesthetic that is supposedly above the fray, you know, a cut above the rest. And I don't know who judges that, deems that, or determines that to be the case, but it's pregnant with that emphasis and, and all of those words that I just described. I'm with you on owning it and using some rules in order to achieve it, but I don't think we can ignore the fact that just using that term in our society, in our social construct, the Americanism or whatever in our culture, that it has a great deal to do with refinement of some, on some level and aesthetic refinement. Yes. So definitely good taste is all about the refinement of details and things like that. So I, I found this article written by Lyndon Lewis, How Do You Deconstruct Taste? He broke down a painting. In the painting, he notated that one of the things that you would find is a Persian because it conveys the reality that nobility is perpetuated through luxury tours and trade routes. And the initial incorporation of such things into design was directly correlated with the establishment of merchant trade routes and the import of wealth from Asia. Okay, when was this established? <clears throat> so this painting is probably from the... 17, 1800s. Okay. And so another thing that he points out is symmetry and composition, right? Which is something that I spoke about. Right. And principles and elements. Exactly. He also points out how incorporating a deep emerald or hunter green is something that, you know, Ralph Lauren always incorporates in his designs. And so that's something that's always incorporated in luxury interiors and things like that. And then he notates the Asian motif, which within this painting that, that he's deconstructing, as well as the implication of wealth by the presence of massive single sheet of uninterrupted glass or 
materials like marble. I think we talked about marble before as being a material that is going to forever be in vogue. So those are some of the elements that he said was interesting. Was I- part of deconstructing taste. Yeah, I'm not negating it. It's fine. But I also know that that's a certain aesthetic. Definitely. It's a certain aesthetic. You know, I lean more toward the minimalist, but not in the utilitarian form of minimalism. I like more simple interiors. I'm not a maximalist. Filling up every single space in a home. I do love some negative space. I do like a room to breathe. But bringing it back to the wellness aspect, how these things make you feel. I think in another episode, we also discussed how interior decor items and accessories and things like that actually contain chemicals that can be harmful to your health. How much do you want to add into your home and what these items may do to you physically, right? Aside from creating a home that creates mental wellness for you and makes you feel comfortable and relaxed. You know, something just hit me in my spirit. And I think the the key to choosing tastefulness as an option in your interior space is to choose balance. And I think if the emphasis and focus is on the balance of objects and the balance of scale and the balance of symmetry or asymmetry, if you're choosing balance, which we, I choose that as a daily, or I attempt to choose that as a daily mantra and existence is to feel balanced in my body and to feel balanced in my choices and to exude balance. I think that is a road to wellness as, as it relates to the interior space. Choosing balance. Yeah. If I were to try to, you know, put it in a capsule, you know, and, and, and surmise it, I really do think that's, that's the goal. And I believe taste or tastefulness will abound if you are able to, to lock into that and, and choose that as, Goal. There's balance found in nature, you know, and that's why we we want to feel those things within our own spirits and within our own homes. That's why we're always looking for ways to find balance, you know, whether it's work-life balance or <laughs> whether it's like, you know, getting in that vacation or trying to find a space to do yoga and meditate and take care of our bodies and you know, heal ourselves within or take a nice relaxing bath. These are all the things that we seek on a daily basis to do. Being available for that mentally. A lot of things come at us on a daily basis. A lot of stuff. People, you know, being exposed to different places, having to juggle and manage a lot of physical and material items. We are often bombarded. We're overstimulated. So taking a step back, like this morning, I had all these great ideas about doing a whole bunch of stuff. The true balance for today, because I had to listen to my body, was to do a great deal of nothing, was to prepare some clean, good food, some great vegetables, eat those good vegetables, feel good in my body, 
not overdo it physically. I had a million things to clean out and do this and that. I did none of that. I needed to sit and enjoy my space because work, the workload is heavy this week. And I needed to recharge my batteries today. So you can have the best intentions, but if you don't listen and you're not physically and spiritually in tune, in touch, then you're not going to be able to seek the proper balance. Balance is definitely something that you want to, in the effort to be well and well in your soul and in your spirit and in your home, you want to, you want to constantly seek that balance and feel for it because you do have to feel for it. You can't always think yourself through that. I could have been like super determined to get all these tasks done today. And that was not going to make me feel well at all. So there you have it. To sum up our topic today, are there really rules of good taste? Give us some final thoughts. The answer is no. Okay. You and I can come up with a whole bunch of stuff. We, we've given people some, a roadmap. We've given them tools, but I'm not going to claim rules. I refuse to do that because I do believe that it's different for everyone. But if there's one rule, if I have to make up one, it's the balance rule. You know, it's the balance rule. Just make sure that that balance resonates with you. And forget about the social constructs, except the ones that you buy into. That would be, to me, deemed good taste. Excellent. I love it. I wanted to introduce a little fun game called Let's Get Rid of It. And in today's Let's Get Rid of It, I'm going to tell you, Alicia, that this week, I got rid of these pretty bottles. I got rid of it. I recycled them. I said, I'm not doing anything with these. And I, I'm tired of holding on to them, waiting to see what I was going to do with it. I was like, hello, D, declutter queen. What are you doing? Why do you have these couple of bottles that you have here ready to do something with? Let's get rid of it, girl. Boom. That's what I did. Do you have anything? Oh, that's good. Mm, I don't think I got rid of anything this week, but I am going to get rid of it tomorrow in the trash. I've got some hanging plant pots and those have been sitting in my backyard. And I'm sure one day the goal is to put some new plants in there and hang them. Yeah, I, I'm getting rid of them. I'll buy some new pots when I'm ready. You know, something else. I don't even know if I want hanging. So they're going in the trash tonight. Yay! Let's! <laughs> Get rid of it. <laughs> I'm down with that. Yes. We don't need it. It's just putting too much pressure on our poor little brains and all the other things we got to do. Do you have something at home that you're looking at that's like, what am I going to do with that? Listen, what you're going to do with it is get rid of it and then let us know that you got rid of it and how it made you feel. Because I'm telling yeah, you. Put it in the comments. Yeah. Love to hear what that is. Yes, yes. Play Let's Get Rid of It with us, please. It's a fun game and it's a way to free your mind of things that you know you're not going to do. You know you're not going to use it. Those things have energy and those in those things with you attaching yourself to it, thinking about when you're going to get to it, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a dream. It's a yes. Dream. We talked about that before. Yes, yes, yes. Yes and yes. All right, Alicia. Thanks for joining me today. And thank you, listener. We will see you next week. Bye, guys. See ya. See ya. <laughs> 
Safety of Interiors is brought to you by Truesdale Morrison Staging and Design. Check us out at truesdalemorrison.com as well as on social at Truesdale Morrison Staging and Design. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. And be sure to come back next week for a new episode. Thanks for listening. Nice job, ladies. Carry on.